0: All right, I want to welcome you to the second week of a new series we're doing here at Hope called Abide. We're looking at Jesus's parable of the vine, and we're learning how to have a deeper and more intimate relationship with Christ. Well, who remembers the California raisins? Anybody? Wanna love these guys, right? Back in the 1980s, the California raisins were a hit sensation. I can still picture them in my mind singing and dancing to that Motown hit, I Heard It Through the Grapevine, right? <laughs> honey, honey, yeah. <laughs> do, 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 yeah, y'all remember that? Um, but I, I don't think anyone expected a simple advertising campaign to turn into this cultural phenomenon, but it did. And, and what started out as a, an ad, a simple ad, soon turned into TV specials then a Saturday morning kids cartoon. The Raisins recorded an album. That went platinum and even won an Emmy. How crazy is that? I remember uh, I was in elementary school at the time. All the California Raisin toys, lunch boxes, things like that. All my friends were eating raisins for school lunch. I don't know how they did it, but suddenly raisins were cool again. They were like, everybody's like, oh, raisins, that's amazing, so good. But even if you weren't alive to experience the whole California raisin phenomenon, i bet you heard it through the grapevine. Yeah, great, okay. Um, We continue our series today talking about spiritual fruitfulness. And I want you to hang on to these California raisins for the end. We'll come back to that. Um, But last week, we kicked off the series and we looked at the picture and the invitation from John chapter 15. The picture is this. Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. The invitation from Jesus is abide in me. Abiding in Jesus, as we learned, is not some super spiritual experience that you and I need to achieve Rather, abiding in Jesus is the position of all true believers, right? We are in Christ. Christ is in us. By faith in Jesus, you and I have an unbreakable union with Christ, which opens the doorway to greater communion with God. This is what it means to abide. It is the new reality of our lives through faith in Jesus Christ. But Jesus didn't die on a cross. He didn't rise from the dead and ascend to the Father's throne in heaven so that you and I could stay the same. We are connected to Christ like branches to a vine in order that you and I might bear spiritual fruit. We also saw last week that the Father is the gardener. The gardener is the one who does the work, and God does the work. There were many fruit-bearing plants in Jesus' day that required a lot less work. The grapevine wasn't one of them. If you had a fig tree, you just kind of hang out until the figs get ripe, and then you go out and you pick some figs. It's pretty nice. Not too much work, right? Not so with the grapevine. In order to produce good quality grapes, it was a lot of hard work. You had to plant. You had to thin. You had to prune. Pruning was hard work. This constant care throughout the year of the grapevine was the work of the gardener. And the gardener embraced all this work. And and if you were the gardener, you would have embraced all this hard work for only one reason, because you love the fruit. And in the same way, God saved us he saved you and he saved me in order that we might bear spiritual fruit which brings glory to him the father loves the spiritual fruit that is produced in my life and your life it brings honor to him we said last week that the christian life is not merely the work that we do for god But more than that, it's the work that the Father does in us and through us. He is the gardener. He's doing the work. God is at work in your life. He's changing our lives. And this work of transformation is something that the Bible calls spiritual fruit. Spiritual fruit is God's transformation of our lives, helping us to look more and more like Jesus to the glory of God. Spiritual fruit matters to God. It's important to Him. So what we're about to talk about today is this is it. This is why the Father's doing the work. This is why the Son came to transform lives. Listen to what Jesus has to say about bearing spiritual fruit in John 15, verses 1 through 11. We'll be hanging out in this passage today. This is what Jesus said. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Some translations say abide in me as as you also abide in me. And he says no branch can bear fruit by itself. And that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. This fruit that we're talking about today has three characteristics. And we'll look at each one of those characteristics. But before we dive in, let's take a moment and pray. Will you join me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the truth that Jesus came and spoke to us. Thank you for the power of Christ at work in us, changing our life. And I pray that you would speak to us now through your word. Would your Holy Spirit be working in our lives to make us different? Thank you for the new life we have in Christ. God, we're so thankful for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm excited. We're looking at three characteristics of spiritual fruit. Number one, first characteristic, fruit is a must. Fruit matters. Fruit is important. Gotta have that fruit. In John chapter 15, Jesus describes three different kind of branches. And we see in each of these branches that fruit is a must. Fruit matters. uh, We want to work our way from the bottom of the passage to the top of the passage so we can see how it develops. Number three. Number three, this person is not connected to Jesus. They don't have a relationship with Christ. There is no fruit being born in their life uh, because Christ is not in their life. This is a non-Christian. This is somebody who's not a follower of Jesus Christ. And and we see Jesus describing this person in John 15, down in verse 6. Let's read it together. John 15, 6. Jesus says, if you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Wow, this is a warning not to be missed. If, we, if you are here today and you are separated from God and we all are naturally separated from God, the Bible says that we are born in transgression and sin. It says in Ephesians that we were all once dead in our sin. So this was every one of us. But if this is you today... and and you have not been born again, you don't have that new life that comes from abiding in Jesus Christ by faith, then truly, according to Jesus, you are in a dangerous and precarious position spiritually. Jesus says, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. They're picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. Wow. Wow. You know, my neighbor has an apple tree in his yard and I could just imagine being able to go out and pick fresh, delicious apples. Wouldn't that be awesome? And apple pie, apple crisp, I don't know, apples on, my wife puts apples on her yogurt. I mean, there's so many fun things you can do, but not with this apple tree because it is brown, it is cracked, it is dead, it's deader than dead, it could fall over at any moment. And there are many trees in my neighbor's yard that are about to fall over. But he's waiting for this apple tree to fall. Um, there's no, no apples. It is dead, brown. Um, one day, Angie and I were talking to my neighbor, and he knows we're Christian. So he's like, hey, would you pray to God <laughs> this apple tree, could he send a wind or something just so it can fall over? So we can cut it up and get rid of it. And funny thing is, three other trees have fallen over, but not the apple tree. <laughs> Guys, fruit is a must. What are we going to do with a dead tree? The same thing the gardener does in John chapter 15. It's a powerful warning. But it doesn't have to be that way. Listen to what Jesus says in John five twenty four. Jesus says, truly, truly, listen, listen, I say to you, Whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. This is God's all-inclusive promise to every single person. If you hear the word of Jesus, if you believe in him, you have passed from spiritual death to spiritual life. You have new life in Jesus Christ. And if you've never done that before, do it today. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Moving now from branch three to branch two. Branch number two. You see the one difference here. Branch number two is connected to Jesus in some way, but bears no fruit. In other words, this is a person who says they're a Christian, they say they believe in Jesus, but you would never notice it from their life. It might be what you would call a fake Christian or a Christian in name only. And um, it's not surprising that this topic would come up in a couple of ways. First, last week we saw that Jesus is the true vine, And There are false finds in the same way. There are true branches and false branches. Remember also that Jesus gives this teaching on the final night with his disciples before going to the cross. He shares a meal with them, something we call the Last Supper. And one of his close followers, one of the 12, Judas, goes out to betray him. So all this is fresh, on mind as Jesus gives this teaching. And here Jesus presents the idea that there may be people who are attached to Jesus in some way, yet not abiding. Listen to verse one and two. Jesus says, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. It's very interesting that he says he cuts off a branch in me. What is a fake Christian? Well, a, a fake Christian, is not it's not the exact same thing as a non-Christian because Jesus would ne- never use the words in me of a non-Christian. A, a fake Christian is also not just a struggling Christian. We all struggle. And sometimes those struggles can take us into seasons of unfruitfulness, darkness, and serious sin, just like it did for King David. You know the story of King David? He fell into serious sin. But the testimony of Scripture is that David was a man after God's own heart. So we're not talking here about a non-Christian, a struggling Christian. We're not talking about somebody who was once saved, and then lost their salvation. The Bible doesn't teach that. But what we're talking about here is we're talking about somebody who says they're a Christian. Maybe they prayed the prayer. They go to church. They present like they're a real Christian. But at the end, turns out they never really were. The fact that this, Jesus says of this branch, that it bears no fruit, tells us this branch never really was alive to begin with. And the warning for the fake believer is just as strong as for the unbeliever. He cuts that branch off. There's a pastor and author named Kyle Eidelman. And he tells the story of uh, going to a church and he got up, he delivered a message and then after the message and church ended, a man came up to him. The man began talking about his daughter and tears came to his eyes because his daughter had gone off to college and had walked away from the faith. She turned her back on Jesus and her father was heartbroken. She spoke to talking to Kyle and He he didn't ask why it had happened. He, He simply made this powerful statement. He said, you know what? We raised her in church, but we didn't raise her in Christ. And the question I have for you today is, are you just in church? Or are you truly in Jesus Christ? Do you have a real relationship with God? Where you are in Christ and Christ is in you. When you have that relationship, when you've come to Jesus and you've gone from death to life, changes your life. You can't remain the same. This is branch number one that Jesus talks about connected, fruit bearing. Number one, by faith, you're connected to Jesus. Your life is bearing fruit. You are a real, genuine Christian. So congratulations. What does this mean for you? Pruning. Bet you didn't see that one coming. And We're going to talk more about that next week. What is pruning? What does that mean? How does God use pruning in our life? But for now, I want you to see this encouragement. Verse 3, listen to this. Don't you like that song we said? A thousand times I've failed, still your mercy remains. What's Jesus' encouragement here in verse 3? He talks about branches in me being cut. No. He says, You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. You are clean. You are forgiven. He's washed away every one of your sins. Through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Whoever believes in me, Jesus says, has eternal life. This is our encouragement. I love John chapter 6. Put this in context. Some followers of Jesus began leaving Jesus, his teaching was hard. They walked away, they turned away from Christ. Jesus looks at his disciples. You remember what he said? He said, Are you going to leave too? And what what do his disciples, they say, where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. They say, we have believed and we know you are the Holy One of God. And the assurance for every one of us here today, where do we find assurance of salvation? What does Jesus say? In the word he's spoken to us. We have believed his word. And that's where assurance is found. And the genuineness, guys, the genuineness, look at this, the genuineness of being alive in Christ and Christ living in us is that we bear spiritual fruit. He begins the process in our heart of transforming our life. It's the first characteristic of spiritual fruit. Fruit is a must. Fruit matters. Fruit is important to the gardener. Number two, fruit is cultivated Fruit is cultivated. Spiritual fruit grows in our life as we abide in Jesus. This is John fifteen four. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bear mu- bears much fruit. <clears throat> For apart from me... You can do a little thing. No, you can do nothing. This is a beautiful passage. I love it. Because in many ways, this is the good news of the gospel. Jesus is the true vine. And he does for us what we could never do on our own strength. He does for us what we could never do in ourselves. And that is to bear in us spiritual fruit To the glory of God. By abiding in me, Jesus says, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let me give you an illustration. Many of the delicious wine produced here in the United States comes from grapes that are grown on European vines. Now, I don't know a lot about uh, the Zinfandels and the Cabernets, and uh, I do know that a lot of the great wine comes from Europe. And even the wines that are grown here in the United States are the the grapes come from these European vines They're not native to North America. They originate in Europe. The first European vines were brought to California in the late 1700s by Spanish missionaries So these are like the original like Napa Valley guys, I guess I don't know but um, the amazing thing about the story of the first European vines that came the United States, is that they began to plant these vines uh, by themselves, on their own roots. But then they discovered that uh, there there are pests and there are diseases in the soil here that they didn't have in Europe. So when they planted these vines on their own, by themselves, they would get contaminated and die. They couldn't bear fruit on their own. So what did they do? And this is really clever. I didn't even know they could do this. But they figured out that they could take the European vine and graft it into the root of an American vine, which had all that resistance. And as long as the branch abided in the vine, it was alive. It would bear delicious and amazing fruit. And in the same way, we can only bear fruit by abiding in the vine. We are totally dependent on Jesus. We cannot bear fruit in our own strength because Jesus is our source. Jesus is our spiritual life. He is the power that transforms our heart and our life. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But the apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Remember that? So the cultivation of fruit in our life, the transformation of our lives, absolutely depends on our union and communion with Jesus Christ. But I want to show you two other ways that God cultivates fruit in our life. Put up this next graphic. This graphic is adapted from Dallas Willard's Triangle of Spiritual Growth. He's a thinker and writer. But you can see in this graphic three ways from John 15 that God will cultivate spiritual fruit in our life. This is how God will transform our life. This is how we can grow in our faith. <clears throat> and you see at the top what's first and foremost, because apart from Jesus, we can't do anything. Ah, thank you, my sweet wife. <clears throat> <laughs> so you see at the top here right what is first and foremost growing spiritual fruit number one abiding in Jesus what is abiding in Jesus let me say it again it's a union with Christ by faith unbreakable union that opens the doorway to greater communion with God the key verse for this is John fifteen four which we just read, abide in me, I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So the bottom two corners of the triangle aren't going to make any difference if we're not first rooted and established in the vine. Second, on the bottom left, your left, God will actually use the Ordinary events of our life to transform us, to produce spiritual fruit, and especially some hard things and something called pruning. You guys remember in James where it says, count it all joy when you go through difficult things because God is going to grow you and mature you. Um, And God uses those events of life. And we need to pay attention and be aware of what's going on in our life and how God is using that to change our life transform our life, but Steve's going to talk specifically about this process of pruning next week in message number three. Then two weeks from today in message number four, um, we're going to look at how God uses spiritual disciplines like studying the word and prayer to transform our life. These are simple habits that we can begin to practice, and God will use these to transform our life. What you're going to see by the end of this series is how God uses all three sides of this triangle to transform our life. All three of these. You can get all three corners of this triangle working in your life, and it's just going to produce a lot of cool fruit. And you can see the results in this passage. You actually feel the growth of the fruit as you're reading it. Because this is kind of cool, right? We started out today in verse 1 reading about branches that bear no fruit, and then we learn... In verse 2, how, uh, how he grafts genuine branches in and then they bear fruit. Then the next verse, verse 2, talks about how God prunes the branches so they're even more fruitful. Verse 5, Jesus kicks it up a notch. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Now we have a much fruit branch. Verse 16, a little bit outside the passage. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. It comes to an end with lasting fruit. In one passage, we have five degrees of fruitfulness. And that's the growth that can take place in our life. as We abide in the vine, as we pay attention to how God's working through the circumstances of our life and then those spiritual disciplines. So... Three characteristics of spiritual fruit. Fruit is a must. Fruit is cultivated. Last one. Fruit is visible. Fruit is always visible. Never seen an invisible fruit. You've never gone shopping for an invisible fruit. Fruit can be seen. You see the grapes, the peaches, the, uh, the I don't know, tangerines, the star fruit, the uh, whatever fruit you love, raspberries. You see the fruit. And a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ is always visible because fruit is not invisible. Fruit can be seen. So what does fruit look like? To answer that question, we could go to a passage like Galatians 5, 22 and 23, which says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are character qualities which manifest themselves in our life. They're seen. Isn't this amazing? Like, I could just go with number one, two, and three, love, joy, and peace. Anybody just use some love, joy, and peace in your life? So when you get up on Monday morning tomorrow and you go to work and there is a joy in your heart and you're just glad to be there. You have a positive attitude because you're happy in Jesus Christ. You are making visible to all of your coworkers spiritual fruit. When your children are acting up and instead of reacting with anger and control and all of those things when you respond with 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 gentleness and firmness, you are displaying for your children the life of Jesus Christ coming out of you, even when you just want to blow up, right? When you uh, find yourself in a situation where you feel tempted to do something wrong, but you say, you know what? I'm not giving in. I'm going to do what is right. I'm trusting in Jesus Christ. The life of Jesus becomes manifest in your life. Fruit is always visible, and God wants to produce and display this spiritual fruit in our lives. Now, Jesus also speaks about the visibility of spiritual fruit in John 15, verse 8. Jesus says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves. There it is showing yourselves to be my disciples. What does Jesus in John 15 mean by fruitfulness? Well, I would suggest it's as broad and as simple as anything in our lives that brings glory to God. He says, this is to my Father's glory. So whenever we're glorifying God, we're bearing spiritual fruit or it's anything which shows the world we're truly his disciples. And by the way, nothing does that better than love. Jesus said in John 13, 35, the world will know my disciples by your love. And remember when Jesus came, he came full of love. He was full of grace and truth. And love always looks like that. It's full of grace and it's full of truth. This is a powerful, life-changing, world-changing kind of love. What does it look like? Next slide. Fruit is visible, especially this love fruit. We see love for God. Verse 9, Jesus says, remain in my love. This is the upward love, passion for Christ, living for Christ. In verse 12, Jesus says, this is my command, love each other. He's talking about the love we have as believers in Jesus Christ. It's It's the the love we have in the the community of believers caring for one another, uh, opening our homes to one another, uh, serving one another, all of these things. This is a love that shows the world we're his disciples. And then finally, by loving our neighbors, we show ourselves to be his disciples. Isn't it amazing that bearing fruit has all three of these loves of Jesus, just like we always talk about. Transformation is up, in, and out. It's loving God with all of our heart, loving each other as Christ has loved us, and loving our neighbors as ourself. And I would just ask you today, you know, if you kind of gauged each of those, is there one area where you say today, God, would you produce greater fruit in my life, in this Area. Maybe it's love for God, and today you're saying, you know what? I'm asking that God would increase my passion for Him. Maybe it's getting connected with spiritual community, and you're in a great place for that today. Or maybe you're saying, I just am in a Christian bubble, and God is calling me out to be more intentional with some of the people that He's put in my life where I live, work, and play. Where Are you asking God today that he would produce this spiritual fruit? Because he wants his love in our lives to become more visible. So we've been looking at three characteristics of spiritual fruit. What have we seen? Fruit is a must. Fruit is cultivated. Fruit is visible. We started out talking about the California raisins. And so everybody can grab a box of raisins. There's probably one near you. Um, This is just for you to take home as a reminder that as you abide in Jesus this week, that you are going to bear much fruit to the glory of God. So take one of these homes, these home as a reminder. Um, But let's pray. Thank you for for this time. God, thank you so much for uh, blessing us with your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for changing our lives. And uh, sometimes it can feel like we have a long way to go when we look at uh, love, joy, peace, all those things. And uh, God, there's definitely some things in my life and in our lives that, that we might call bad fruit. And we just thank you that you can take the bad fruit and you can transform it into good. We know we can't do that on our own. God, I'm certainly not able to do that. But through the precious blood of Jesus, you've cleansed us, you've forgiven us, you've made us new. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are alive spiritually. So help us to live out that life in in difficult circumstances. Lord, maybe we're... Maybe we feel anxious about something. And today you want to speak a word of peace. It could be the sadness, Lord. And in the midst of the grief, you can resurrect new joy. Or if it's simply love, thank you, God, that you love us so much. You sent your son, Jesus. And would we abide in that love each and every day? God, would your fruit be visible in our life so that others can see how awesome you are, not how awesome we are. We know as they see the light in us, they will give praise and glory to our Father in heaven. Thank you for this time. We worship you, for the awesome God that you are, in Jesus' name.